0: Good morning, I wanted wanted you guys, that uh, baptism story that you just saw was Kimberly and she actually got baptized at the first service this morning and I love that story because her story is what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks, her story and your story and my story Um, because all of us, we've ran We've ran away. In fact, quick question, show of hands. How many of you guys have ever ran away from home? Really? Ever ran it? Maybe young, small. Keep them up. Keep them up. I want to see them. All right? Sweet? All right, cool. You can put them down. Think about this. Usually we run away from home. It's usually for the, all the you know same reasons, usually because of our parents, right? Um, again, now that I'm a parent, sometimes I realize that I can frustrate my kids a lot, and sometimes they frustrate me a lot. <laughs> and um but it usually uh happens when we're really small and if you think about it running away is a lot about a running away from something and not really about running to something right i mean when you're six years old you just want to run away from if you ask where you going you're like i don't know <laughs> right i'm going to the end of the driveway I'm going over to a friend's house. I'm going uh, to my tree house. I'm going, we were, it's not about the to, it's about the from. All right? Another question, don't raise your hands. Don't nudge somebody. How many of you guys, not raising your hands, have ever tried to run away from God? And let me tell you where that usually works itself out. It usually, we run away from God when we get, uh, usually around a driver's license age. When we are in high school, when we're in college, and it usually goes something like this, you know, um, we kind of grew up in church or we kind of grew up in religion, we grew up in faith, and then high school, college hits, and we usually go, see ya, don't want to be ya, and we walk away because we usually don't, we we may be running from something, but many times we're running to something. We're running to an experience, to a relationship, to something that we know that if we were going to ask God, hey, what do you think about this? We know what he would say. We know what we would say. And we go our own way. We don't play, pray white flag players like, you know, not what I want, but what you want, God. This is what we pray, you know, if we pray at all. You know what? It's what I want. God, bless me, I'm going to do this. Bless me in it, as I know you may not be what your choice is, but I'm going to do it anyway. You're going to do things your way. And we kind of put God on the back burner. We kind of put God in the rearview mirror. And yeah, you know, the things in the mirror may be closer than they appear, but we're doing a pretty good job outrunning God, and right now things are going okay. That may be you this morning. Because all of us, whether you grew up in church or not, all of us have ran away from God. Yours may not be where you're like totally an atheist or an agnostic. You may be, you still pray, you still go to church, but there's this, there's this one area in your life, there's this one area that you tell God, hands off. All right? I mean, it's not that you've abandoned your belief in God, but in this one particular issue, God, keep your hands off that. I'm running. I'm doing my own thing. That may be you this morning. And you know, you you may come back and say, okay, God, yeah, I'm back. You know, you got my attention. Please fix this area over here, but keep your hands off this area. This is my will. This is yours. This is mine. Hands off. Back up. God, I want you to fix this area, but don't talk to me about this. You're running from God kind of involves maybe one of these scenarios, all right? You know the type of person God wants you to marry and date. However, you've met a girl and she's hot, all right? She is so smoking hot and she's not a Christian. She doesn't know anything about God and Jesus. She doesn't do the whole church thing. But you're thinking this this way, okay, she can become a Christian. So I'm going to tell her about Jesus because now I can't make somebody hot, all right? (laughs) But because she is, you, you think you found a loophole, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to go out there because she's hot, and then I'm going to share Jesus, and then everything's going to be okay. Or it may be this that you, not every one of those guys can drive one of those. And I mean, he's got a lot of money. And yet, he's y'all you know no, he's not the type of person your mom or dad would want you to hook up with. He's not the type of person you even think maybe God wants you to hook up with. But you know what? You can change him, right? I, or you're maybe something like this. You've already found you fa- you finally found Mr. and Mrs. Right. There's a problem. You already said yes at the altar with somebody else. I mean, you finally found Mr. or Mrs. Wright, but you've already done the vows and the I do. You did the ring. You did the smashing cake. Now you want to smash other things. And you want out of the relationship. And you're still coming to church and you're still praying. But in this area, you know what God wants. But you're like, no, not going to do it. I'm not happy. She's not giving me the feelings that she once gave me. He's not treating me the way he used to treat me, and I am not happy, so I'm walking. And you know what God has to say, but you really, frankly, don't care. Because, you know, it's not that you're giving up your relationship with God, you still pray. But this one area, you're going to do it your way. Some of us, the reason why you may have walked away from church, you may have walked away from God, and and this is really it. And I hear this all the time here at OneChurch.tv. I hear this, that many of us confuse church with God. And you grew up, and you grew up in a church, and your mom was kind of uh, thrown out of the church, or your dad could no longer do this, and you thought, man... I thought church was going to be different and church was not a really good place to be in and you, in, in your mind, in a child's mind or in a teenager's mind, you equate church with God and you can't separate the two. So in order for you to walk away from church, you walked away from God and you went deuces. Others of you, you confuse life with God and because life isn't going so well for you? Then we think God's not doing too well for us. Because something bad has happened in our lives, we have a tendency to blame God. Some of you, my name's Chris. I've not been here for the past eight weeks because I had a bike wreck. And uh, long story short, my bike malfunctioned. Is how I kind of how I remember this. And you know. I could really get angry about that, and I could blame people, and I could blame, I could blame God. But, you know, th- at the end of the day, it just happened. And i got to move forward. And, I, you know, i got cool scars now. You know, hopefully, people say chicks dig scars. I only want one chick to dig scar, and that's my wife. All right, I'm just saying. All right? But, you know, I'm still healing. You know, this right here looks easy. But I can't do that over here. That's about as far as I can get. And I can can confuse life with God, and I can say, God, why did you do this? God, why, 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 why? But that question always leaves us getting stuck when we ask the why questions. There's a bigger question to ask, and it's not why, but it's who. Who will I trust in? Who, when all of this stuff happens, and, and I'm telling you, there's, I got a friend of mine, my wife is not with me right now, she's in Alabama, because we have a dear friend who's older than us um, named Wanda, and I love Miss Wanda, and she has no hair right now because she has cancer and she's going through a really bad, sick bout of chemo right now. And my wife went down there to just hang out with her and take care of her. You know, it's easy when you're in Wanda's position to say, why God? Where are you at? But that's not Wanda's view at all. She is trusting her God because she's not confusing life with God, but so many of us do, and we think, why would I want God's will to be done in my life? Because up to this point, he's not done a great job. And we walk away from God. So for the next four weeks beginning today, we're going to be talking about how all of us run from God. And all of us do. In fact, there's a new, I didn't show this first service, but Romans 5, 8, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If I could paraphrase that, while we were running from God, God was running to us. None of us run to God. We run away from God. And today, we're going to be looking at the very, just four verses today in a book that good luck trying to find. I got to be honest with you. All right? In fact, if you have a Bible with you today, here's what you need to do: just open it to the table of contents. Don't even try to find it, because by the time you find it, I'm going to be saying amen, and we're going to be praying. Okay? It's the book of Jonah. It's in the Old Testament. It's four chapters, so it's very, very small. If you like, get to the Italian prophet Malachi. Malachi, you've went too far. If you're reading about Jesus, you went too far. Just please turn to your table of contents. Or even more importantly, go to your U you version and type in J O N A H. And it's going to be up on the screen as well, okay? But let me tell you, we're going to be looking at the life of one of the most famous runners of the Bible, and his name is Jonah. Now, quick question. Quid pro quo. When I say the word Jonah, what do you immediately think of? Exactly. Jonah and the. Whale. Now, you know what's interesting? We all know Jonah and the whale. Did you know a whale is not even mentioned in the entire book? No lie. In fact, it mentions, in exact words, it's a great fish. And it's, it's unfortunate that so many of us, we've become enamored with the great fish that we've missed the great God That is the subject of the book of Jonah. Let me prove it to you. Jonah chapter 1, it only mentions really a great fish twice, but let me tell you how many times it talks about a great God. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 4, and God hurled a great wind upon the sea. Jonah 1 17, and God appointed a great fish. Jonah 2 10, then God commanded the fish. Jonah 4 6, so God appointed a plant. Jonah 4 7, but God appointed a worm. Jonah 4 8. And it came about when the sun came up that God appointed a scorching east wind. Let me tell you, you want to know who the book the subject of the book of Jonah is? It's not a whale, it's a great God. I love this. And what's so interesting in this story is all of, all of these things in nature is when God says, I want you to do this, every, you know, all the, 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 the fish, the worm, the wind, the, I mean, all of the, the plant, all of this, they go, okay, we'll do it, God. You know the only thing that disobeys God in the book of Jonah is people. <laughs> Seriously. God, let me tell you, our biggest problem <laughs> is the people problem. I mean, God can get the entire creation to go, yes, Lord. I mean, God came and, and talked to the great fish. Here's what I need you to do, fish. I need you to go and swallow this guy. And, and the great fish said, okay, right? He sa- I mean, God says, I want you to do the wind. The wind went, okay, right? I need you to go to a worm. And the worm went, okay, right? I'm just saying. I mean, all everything obeys Jonah except Everything obeys God except Jonah. That's interesting. That's so interesting. And again, for some of you, that's the reason why you deuced out on God a long time ago. Because you went to a church, and they weren't really following God, just like Jonah really wasn't following God, and you kind of had a higher standard of Christ's followers, so you walked out. And that leads us to our our first, the big idea today is broken up into two sections. And the first section of our big idea today is this, is that God lets us run from him. Let's say that together. God lets us run from him. Let me tell you, if you're a Christian in here today, God will let you run from him. Let me tell you this. If you're not a Christian in here today, if you don't believe anything about the Bible, God will let you run from him. God gives us a choice. This is called the doctrine of free will. Not free willy, but free will. And basically what it's saying is this, God gives us a choice. We can go right or we can go left. God gives you a choice. And for some of you, God, for all of us, God has given us a choice this morning. Will you go your way or will you go God's way? That's the choice. Now let me tell you a little bit about, before we start digging into verse 1, this is a real, factual, historical story. In fact, Jonah was a real guy who lived 750 B.C. This is 750 years before Jesus was born. Okay, He was a prophet. Now let me tell you a little bit about what a prophet is. A prophet, they're kind of like uh, the army rangers or special forces of God's people because a prophet, God drops them in to a group of people who need God and the prophet says some really difficult, hard things and people are supposed to follow him. All right, And that's exactly what a prophet is. Now Jonah was a prophet in the northern part. Of God's people, the Israelites, and it's called the Northern Kingdom or Israel. But here's the kicker God told Jonah not to go to his own people, the Israelites. God said to Jonah, I want you to go someplace into a group of people that, that, you know, they don't have your values, they don't have your your worldview, they don't read the same Bible you read. In fact, they don't even believe in the same God that you believe. And he's asking him to do something very, very difficult. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 says this. The Lord, who's the subject of this book? The Lord. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and this gives us to our first point. Like Jonah, the word of the Lord comes to us as well through the Bible. Let me tell you something about this. This is what's so cool. Do you know that our God loves to communicate? We worship and we follow a God who is a speaking God, who is a communicating God. Our God loves to speak to us. Now let me tell you just a brief overview of how God has spoken to us in the past. God has used dreams. God has used an audible voice. God has used circumstances. God has used um, throwing dice, believe it or not. We're going to look at that in a couple of weeks. God has used a lot of different things to communicate in the past. But let me tell you how he communicates today. He communicates through his word. In fact, how many of y'all own a copy? You, you have a copy of the Bible somewhere in your house. Raise your hand. That means, let me tell you that, you have a copy of God's Word. If you ever want to know what God wants for your life, all you have to do is open up the Scriptures. That's all you have to do. Some of you, you're like, well, I don't want to do that, and you want to see maybe the Jesus or the Virgin Mary in a, in a uh, piece of uh, toast. What does that mean? I don't know, but I'm telling you how God communicates today is not through things. I never heard God speak in an audible voice. Some of you are like, and I've heard people coming to me say, Chris, I had this dream last night, and it was about this weird bunny that was pink, and um, it was about, you know, we were going on the Rainbow Square Mountain, what do you think it means? And I said, you ate too much pizza the night before. That's what that means. Let me tell you, if you want to know what God has to do for your life, you don't have to worry about dreams. You don't need to be looking at, a, uh, if you're an Aquarius or Leo or whatever, you don't need to be looking at your horoscopes. You don't need, if you want to know what God's will for your life is, all you have to do is open up God's word. In fact, let me explain to you how God's word, describe God's word. God's word is living and it is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is his will, it's his word that pierces our hearts. And it separates the right and the wrong. It gives us truth. It will transform us by the renewing of our minds. When we get into God's word, God will speak to all of us in a very specific way through his word and his word will want to change something about us. And it's at that point that we have a choice. We can be obedient, or we can say, I'll pray about it. Let me give you a word. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You hear what I'm saying? Delayed obedience. Let me tell you, I don't know if some of you parent this way. If you do, you're welcome to email me. My email address is josh at onechurch.tv. All right? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you don't parent this way. You ever, you ever Do you ever do the count method? Don't, don't. I don't want to hear it if you do, because I'm getting ready to not go well with you. If you're saying, you know what, honey, you don't need to go out in the street, one, two, two and a half, splat. Let me tell you, let me tell you what you're training your children. Is, you know what, you don't have to obey me on number one. You don't even have to obey me on two. When I get to two and a half and two and three quarters, you ain't got to obey me then. But when I get to three, let me tell you, God is wanting us to obey the first time. God is wanting us to train our children for them to obey the first time. And there's some things that is so important. You can't do the count method. And this is one area Jonah is realizing that God don't count. God says, I want you to do this. And let me tell you what Jonah did. Jonah said, okay, God, you want me to do what? Okay, let me pray about that. No. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's what happens. Let's look at it. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. The great city of Nineveh. Where is he going? Nineveh. Now, we're going to stop right there. Keep that verse up there. Let me tell you where Nineveh's at. How many of you people are army strong? Let me see you. All right. How many of y'all have been to Iraq? Let me see your hands. Put your hands up. All right, cool. sweet. So Iraq is modern-day Assyria and Babylon. How many of y'all have been to the city of Mosul? Anybody? Okay, keep your hands up real high. Be proud. All right, who else? All right, somebody right here? That is Nineveh. You've been to this place. Now, here's the cool thing about it. The army told you, I want you to go to Mosul, and you said what Jonah said. I don't want to go, right? But you did, right? That's what I'm saying. This is a real place, Nineveh. It's still on the map today. It's the capital of Assyria. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the Assyrians. I'm going to keep on reading. Uh, Get up and go to the right city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. Let me tell you. God had a problem with the Assyrians and its capital, capital, Nineveh. Because they were wicked. They were wicked. Now, let me tell you, let me show you the reason why Jonah didn't want to go. Jonah didn't, why Jonah ran from God and said, I ain't taking this message. I ain't doing it. He had two friends in northern Israel named Amos and Hosea, and they were prophets too. But they were prophets to the Israelites, and this is what they were telling the Israelites. Guys, God's saying, you need to obey me, and if you don't, I'm going to discipline you because I'm going to bring the Assyrians and the Ninevites, and they're going to come, and they're going to discipline you, and they're going to wipe you out. That's what Amos and Hosea is saying. Jonah's hearing that, and now God has told Jonah, I want you to go to the Ninevites, and I want you to tell them to get right because if they don't, God's going to come judge them. And let me tell you a little bit about my boy Jonah. Jonah was more patriotic than he was preacher. He's going, I like my people. And it, look, why don't we just do this? If I tell, if I go to the Ninevites and they repent, if they change their ways, then God can use them to come and wipe out my family and my friends and my country. So why don't we just say, I'm not just going to say no to this, God. I'm going to go El Nino. All right? I'm going to say, no, I'm not. I am not doing it. Let me tell you another reason why. He didn't go to the Ninevites because they were a wicked people. Let me just stop right here and say, did you know that God isn't just interested in his people? He's interested in all people. You know what I'm saying? See, some of us, if you grew up in church for a long time, you start getting in your mindset that it's all about us. It's all about us. And if I'm happy and if this is right and this, let me tell you, God is not just interested in church people. He loves us. But he's interested in all people. Let me tell you, in fact, Christmas is going to be here real soon because I'm already starting to listen to Christmas music. I'm just saying. Praise <laughs> Jesus. All right. Y- y'all know, uh, you know, it, when, when the angels come and talk to the shepherds, he says, I've given, I bring you good news for all people. H- how many is all people? All. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Let me tell you, God just doesn't love good people. God just doesn't want good people in his boat. He just doesn't want church people in his boat. He just doesn't want people who look the part and who have the right copy of the scriptures or this. He wants everyone. That means God is interested not just in us today in this room, but He is interested in the 88% of people in Clarksville who have hangovers who are not in church this morning. God is interested in that. Let me tell you, if God is interested in those people, who do you think God's people should be interested in? Those people. Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I don't know about you, but that was me. I've run from God. I've kind of said, I ain't doing it just like they are and just like many of you are in here today. Get up and go to this great city of Nineveh and announce judgment against it because I've seen how wicked. God's saying, listen, I care about all people, and I want you to go in, I want you to tell these people who don't even know me, who don't even read my Bible, that you know what, I'm this close to turning off the lights. But I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm going to give you a chance to turn to me, now let me tell you the reason why. Another reason why Jonah didn't want to go is because this was a wicked nation. Let me. How many of y'all been watching the Olympics? All right, all right. Let me tell you. If there was an Olympic sport for torturing and killing, the Assyrians would get it. They would be. They would be gold. All right. In fact, I want to read to you this is not from the Bible, but this is from uh, a guy who used to live in Nineveh, a, a commander, Ashbur Benipal. And this is what he says about what he did to his enemies. Listen to him. In the midst of the mighty mountains, I slaughtered them. With their blood I dyed the mountains red like wool. Their heads of their warriors I cut off. And a pyramid of heads I reared in front of his city. I cut their throats like lambs. I flayed their skins. I spread their skins upon the wall of the city. The young men and their maidens I burned in fire. Let me tell you, these people, their Syrians and Ninevites were so evil, they didn't watch, you know, um, uh, Grey's Anatomy. They didn't watch Seinfeld. What they did on Friday and Saturday nights is they would go, and they would go to their enemies, and they would literally skin them alive. They would skin them alive, and and they would still be alive. They would bury them up to their necks, and then they would take their enemies' tongues, and they would pierce them into the ground. And then, after all of that, if that's not torturous enough, they would make them listen to Justin Bieber music. I'm just saying. (laughs) It was torturous. It was horrific. Okay? I mean, these people were evil. They were evil. <laughs> Again, send me your emails. Joel at onechurch.tv. I'm just saying. All right. That leads us to our second point. And let's see what Jonah says. God says, "I want a word of the Lord came to Jonah. I want you to go and give these people a second chance. <laughs> but that leads us to verse 3. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. That leads us to our second point. You can always find a boat headed in the wrong direction. You can always find a boat sailing in the wrong direction. When you run, you can always find an excuse. Now it's just not a good time to give. Now it's just not a good time to obey and like to just give it all. Now's not a good time for us to get involved. Now's not a good time to us and whatever God is telling you to do. It's just not a good time. It's not good. Let me tell you, Jonah had some really good excuses, great excuses. I got to be honest, if I was Jonah, I'd probably gone, huh, I don't think I'm going to do that. But listen to what Jonah chapter 1 verse 3 says. But Jonah, huh, that's never, when God says go, anytime you put a but after that, it's not going to go well. I'm just saying. But Jonah got up and went in the what direction? opposite direction to get away from who <laughs> how's that going to go for you jonah not well we're getting ready to see all right he went down to the port of joppa where he found a ship leaving for tarshish he bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the lord by sailing to tarshish now you can always find a boat headed in the wrong direction always some of you, you're here right now, and you, you, you kind of feel that nudge where you're like, oh, I don't know why I showed up today because I don't know who emailed him, but he's talking about me. I want not let you know nobody's emailed me. You know what? You think your experience is unique, but it's only unique to you because it's the first time you've experienced it. Every one of us in here who have ran this weekend, there's always a good excuse for us to not obey God. You can always find a boat sailing in the wrong direction. Always, always. Now, it says he went in the opposite direction. Let me show you just how opposite he went. Throw out that map if you would. Ha, here we go. All right? So, he is in Israel in this little strip of land right here. Okay? So, he's living in northern Israel right here. And God tells him, I want you to go to Nineveh. All right? So he's in Israel, by the way, Israel is about 85 miles wide and about 100 miles uh, high. So it's very, very, just a little, little bitty right here. God says, Jonah, I want you to go and I want you to talk to the Ninevites. How far is it? Go to that next slide. All right, 550 miles. God tells Jonah, I want you to travel 550 miles and I want you to go and talk to these enemies of you and me. All right? So... He's got a choice here. He's here. What am I going to do? Am I going to go 550? That's an inconvenience, by the way, all right? Uh, if 550 miles is, I mean, in a car, you can do it in a day, right? Um, if you're uh, like my friend Tom and other people who can, like, ride bikes and stay on them unlike me, um, you can do it, I don't know, you probably couldn't do it in a day. So you could probably do it in a couple days, three days, four days, five days, he says. All right, cool. So you can do it in five days on a bike. But you know what? When you're doing this via camel, I got two words, dear Jesus, right? Because you're going to be a while. But he says, I'm not going to go 550 miles. I am going to go to Tarshish. So let me show you where Tarshish is at. (laughs) Tarshish is where? Spain. Now, let's just do some, do some history and some geography this morning. Spain. Spain is at the end of the known world. The, the new world has not been discovered yet. It's not 1492. It's not Columbus. This is the end of the world. God says, I want you, Jonah, to go 550 miles this way. Jonah says, no. I'm going to go 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Let me tell you, I read one commentator that said it would have, on a boat, it would have taken him over a year to sail that far. That is some serious running, and let me tell you, that's where a lot of you are at today. You are doing some serious running. I mean, opposite I mean, God has told you I I want you to do this or I don't want you to do this, and you said, "Uh uh-uh, and you went in the opposite direction. And the very thing that you said you would never do, the very person you said you would never date, the very thing that you said, you know what, your parents got a divorce, you never would get a divorce, you are right there, and the very thing you said you wouldn't do, you've done. Because all of us, when we run from God... We compromise. And let me tell you, we run, and this is the rest of our big idea. When we run from God, God lets us run from him, but when we always run to the wrong places, we always run to dangerous places, we always run to unstable places. Throw that map back up there if you would. Quick question. If you are Jonah and you're running from God, where is the most unstable, the most unsafe Place that you could place yourself in. In a boat for a year, dear Jesus. Right? I mean, if you're going to run from God, stay on ground. But he says, No, I'm going to run. And he runs to wrong, unstable, dangerous places. And let me just say this so do you, and so do I. And here's the principle. Anytime. You cut the author of life. Anytime you cut, that's God, by the way, anytime you cut the author of wisdom out of your life, the only other place to run is towards death and towards foolishness and to unstable, dangerous, strange and just outright dumb places. Some of you, 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 you grew up in church all your life, you went to college and you went, and you said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get married to her. I'm going to get married to him. And you ran to some unstable, dangerous and strange places. And people, everybody around you scratching their head going, what is, what is he doing? What is she doing? You're, you're doing what? You're marrying who? You, you're going you're changing your major to what? You, you're getting into a partnership with who? You're starting your own business? You're doing What? Let me tell you, when we run from the author of life, when we run from our creator, who he has the potential to fill us up and to give us purchase, when we run from him, all the other things we run to will not give us purpose. And our life will be hollow. And we run to wrong, dangerous, unstable places. Let me tell you, some of you, you're like, how did you know, Chris? How did you know? And I knew not because I know you. I know, I, I know because nobody sent me an email describing your life. I know because that's just what people do who run. It's in the Bible. Jonah went to a strange, unusual, unstable, dangerous place where I'm going to run from God and I'm going to get on a boat for a year. Dear Jesus, don't make no sense. But you know what? It never makes sense. Never does. People say, just follow your heart. That's a crock. Jonah was just saying, I'm following my heart. We're going to see next week, it didn't go too well for him. Sometimes when you you run from the author of life and the author of wisdom, we have people in our life who we got two or three people saying, Chris, come here, what are you doing? You know, it's none of my business. But, you know, I think maybe you should or I think maybe you shouldn't. And you go, you're right, it's none of your business. But you know what? They, they do that because they love us. Some of you right here tonight, today, I mean, when we're going through this over the next month. Man, you have run to some unstable places because the thrill has now become an addiction. And you see, you started where you were the life of the party. And the drinking was fun. And everybody was around you. and They were cheering you on. But now it's, an, it's become an addiction. And you don't drink with people anymore. You drink by yourself. Because you're alone. And you're running. For others of you, you know, what was an incredible relationship that you said I'd do to has now become a nightmare. Because not because of your spouse, not because of all the things that he or she did. It's because mainly of you, because you're running from God. Some of you, you're in huge debt up to your eyeballs because you just followed your heart. And you said, you know what? We're just going to rack up debt. We'll leave, it, leave the debt for the Antichrist. Huh. Let me know how that goes for you. Some of you are like going, I don't even know who that is. Eh, church people will. All right. My point is this. We have a tendency to run to very strange, unusual, and downright dangerous wrong places. That once we get there and we realize, you know what, maybe I, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. We start scratching our heads. And we want to blame everybody else. We want to blame spouse, friends, parents, God. But really the only person to blame is the man or the woman in the mirror looking back at us. Because we're running from God. I know that doesn't end with a lot of hope. Um, next week, we're going to be looking at this hope. I want to give you two things, two resources. One thing I want to challenge you to do this week. This is the first thing. If you have UVersion on your phone, or um, if you uh, have a computer, I want you to go to onechurch.tv. onechurch.tv. And when you go on there, you're going to see, share my Jonah story. And here's what I'm asking everybody to do. Because all of us have ran, it doesn't matter how good of a church person you are, all of us have run from God. So I'm asking you to go in there, click on there, and I just want you to share with us your Jonah story, because all of us have a story of us running from God. Now, you can make it public and put your name in there, or you can make it totally private and we not know. And here's why I'm asking you to do that. Because... If you want to make it private and you don't want us to let us know your name, you can do that. But we're going to post those stories so that everybody can see. And again, you don't have to use your real name. But here's what I'm asking you to do. There are some people in here who are just right on the edge of running from God. Just right on the edge. And they just may read your story and say, you know, that's what I was going to do. And I realized it didn't turn out too well. Maybe, just maybe, they can learn from your running. Because all of us have run from God. I have. So I'm encouraging you. Go to the bottom of the you version, or go to our website and click on the banner, Running From God. Share your Jonah story. And I'm telling you, we've already got literally about 20 or 30 already in. And I encourage you to do that the same. The second thing is this. is There's a book by Priscilla Shirer, and it's called Life Interrupted. And this book is actually on the story of Jonah. And um, she's actually a women's speaker and does a lot of women's Bible studies. But i got to be honest with you, I'm a man, and I've learned a lot from her. If you're one of those guys that says, I can never learn from a woman, um, get a grip. Just saying. Um, but I tell you, this book at Lifeway is, uh, retails for $14.99. Uh, Lifeway, I, they agreed with me, and they gave it to us for $10. So you can save 5 bucks plus tax. So you can go to our resource table, and if you want to use this in your small group, if you just want to use this and kind of read it as a kind of a devotional, you can do that too, but I'm telling you, it's a great book, and we're going to be learning a lot over the next four weeks over the book of Jonah. Let's pray right now, and uh, as I pray, there may be some of you here today that you are like right on the cusp of running, and you're like, yeah, okay, Chris, I'm running, and I'm not coming back yet. I would just encourage you to just show back up next Sunday, show back up. And see what God does. Because next Sunday, let me tell you what we're going to learn before we pray. We're going to learn next Sunday that we can run from God. But we can't outrun God. You hear what I'm saying? You can run from God. I can run from God. But I can't outrun God. And that's a good thing. Because he loves us. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, for the men and women in this room. Lord, I know... Just with the crowd that we have in here today, I know that we have some runners in here. People who um, are tailing it away from you, God. Lord, um, not because I said it, but because we opened God's word, they heard God's word this morning. Because the Bible is your word, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that this would be the first step In them second-guessing, going 2,500 miles away from God and just saying, you know what? I'm just going to go your direction, your way, and in your time. God, I thank you so much, Lord, that you've given us a person like Jonah that we can relate to. So many times, God, when I read the Bible, I I read stories that it's just so difficult to relate to because they seem so Perfect. And here we have a guy who, he's not, not only jacked up, but he's jacked up running 2,500 miles away from you, God. And Lord, that's me. So God, thank you so much for your word, a word that convicts us, that gives us life, and that gives us a hope and a peace. We love you so much, Jesus Christ, in your name that we pray. Amen.